Well, good morning. It's a good morning, isn't it? I'm excited. I've heard lots of exciting things that are going on today. So, all right. So I'm going to talk about being generous without agenda. So I was actually cleaning toilets why I got this. So, um, <laughs> no lie, you know. You know, when you walk with the Lord, it's not like you have to sit there and be like, oh, he only speaks to me when I read the Bible. He only speaks. No, he's speaking all the time. And, you know, you can't get away from him. I'm thinking, I go in the bathroom. He's like, hello, got some word for you. I'm like, privacy? He's like, uh, no. He's always speaking to us. He always has something for us. So, so I was just thinking, like, why do we give? Why do we help people? Why do we help each other? You know, are, what are we getting out of that? You know, why do we give money? Why do we donate? Why do we give our time? And I was just kind of thinking about that. Like, is there something that we get in return? Is that why we're doing it? You know, like when I go to the store, I give them money because I want something, right? I want my groceries. I would like to leave with my groceries. So there, there's an exchange of why do that. But when we're talking about the kingdom, you know, Jesus, we know God's spirit is generous and he doesn't have an agenda to be like, I want to be generous so I can control you. I want to be generous to show you how bad you were and how good I am. He doesn't do that, does he? Some, but sometimes we get in this thing where it's like, I'm going to be generous, but I have an agenda to make myself look good or for other people's to view me this way or so I can have a reason to complain you know used to be have you guys ever it's kind of changed in that culture a little bit it used to be like the customer's always right and they could come in they could scream at people and things like that and you're thinking no like I my daughter she worked um, at a food place and like someone came in and was yelling at her and she took their sub she threw it in the trash, and she said, you may leave now. And her boss is like, good. No one should treat you like, right? You know, so we kind of get this thing that, like, is there a reason why we're being generous? Or should we, should we be generous when people are rude to us or we make excuses? So I, I started, you know, just talking to the Lord about that. So in seasons when things are tight and, um, and it's hard to be disciplined, to be generous, it reminds me that, I am not sustained by my own provision. So when things are tight, I think, oh gosh, you know, I don't have this or I'm lacking here. And then I realize God still provided for me. So it doesn't really matter my situation. I'm not really in charge of how I'm provided for. God is, right? So it says in Philippians 4, love it, it says, I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance I like living there, and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned that the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthened me, who empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. So he's saying, you know what? You're not provided for because of your job. You're not provided for even children. You're not provided for just because you're parents. You're provided for because God is the provider. He gave every job. He gave you, you have awesome parents. He created them. God did that. Do you know that? 
You have parents that feed you. We like it when our parents feed us and, you know, give us a place to sleep and things like that, right? We like that. But God, he gave them that heart to do that. So when we realize, you know what, I'm not really providing anything. Anything I'm doing is just what God has already done. I'm just mimicking his character. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, in 2 Corinthians 9, it says, starting in verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. So God's like, I'm going to give you the ability, right there, he's saying, I'm going to give you the ability to be generous like me. I'm going to enrich you in every way to be generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God from those who benefit. For the ministry of this service offering is not only supplying the needs of the saints, which is God's people, but it is also overflowing through many expressions of thanksgiving to God. Because of this act of ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for your generous participation in this gift for them and for all the other believers in need. And they also long for you while they pray on your behalf because of surpassing measure of God's grace, his undeserving favor, mercy, and blessing which is revealed in you. Now thanks be to God for his indescribable gift which is precious beyond words. That's good. He's saying, you know, because I've given this to you, people are going to see me because you carry that spirit. That's good. Because you know generosity gives us freedom. Because if, if Jesus gives us freedom, and you know, we know that God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son, all have the characteristics of generosity. So anytime anyone is acting in that way, they are acting in the freedom of Christ. So what keeps us from being generous? Well, there's some things. You know, so if, if we're being generous, if we have this fear or selfishness of, you know, what if I don't have enough? What if I don't have enough money? What if I don't have a time? What will people think of me if I don't give this? This is why I want to give because I want people to think I'm this. You know, what if I don't put, what if I don't put up my offering in the bucket? You know, oh, I don't want to give online because then people think I don't give. <laughs> okay. You know, but I mean, we th- let's be honest. Sometimes we've had those thoughts, right? I've had that thought, like, you know, I'm supposed to be an example. If I give online, like, if someone don't see me put something in there, maybe I'll give online, fold up a piece of paper. No, I'm joking. I haven't done that. <laughs> it's online. <laughs> but I'm just talking about that. But see, we think these things. Things start going in our head, like, oh, well, what are people going to think of me? You know, it keeps us a prisoner. It keeps us prisoners to the enemy because his currency is fear. His currency is greed. His currency is manipulation and shame and all of those things. So if we're feeling like that when we're giving or doing, giving of our time or or our money or doing something like that, if we're doing this like, I have to do this so people won't think, we need to stop and say, oh, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That thought process is not the character of my God. That's the enemy, right? Because God's like, oh, I want you to have fear that if you don't give, something bad's going to happen to you. You know, that's what the enemy says to you. And you know what, I'll tell you, If we have an agenda to make people see how good we are, how generous we are, it actually isolates us and keeps us focused on our giving and not 
the reason we give, which is because God created us to be givers. And really the only way to break that power of, you know, it's mine, um, is to give it away. You guys ever realize that? You know, that's why he kept saying, you know, when you give, you receive. When you become last, you become first. He's like, God created this concept of like the only way you get out of that prison, the only way that provision comes, because God is not going to go outside of his law, is he? He's so good. So these tiny seeds of generosity, when we plant them, it could be something little. It could be something of like, hey, you see somebody come in and, and they have a hard time and you move in one seat. You generously gave up that seat, right? Those are little seeds and those little seeds begin to grow in these huge generational blessings. And I said generational blessings because that's where it comes in. Back to toilets. Let's get there. You know, that's important. So I, so I clean for a living. And what I clean, I do summer cleaning. So I clean these houses. They call them cottages. So these are their second, sometimes third or fourth homes. And these things, some of them have 10 or 12 bedrooms. Some of them, you know, I have one that has nine and a half bathrooms. That's a lot of toilet cleaning, isn't it? Okay. And I've done this for 20 years. And now every time I walk into a house, I can tell if they're a believer or not because the generosity spills. And this is generational wealth. This is not money that the people I'm dealing with have made. They do not have this because they went out and worked hard and did this. This is generational, three, four, five generational generations back most of the time they're reaping the benefits of. So I'm in there, and every time I go, I'll, be, I'll tell Matt, I was like, I, I, I don't know, these people are believers. And these people serve the Lord. And he's like, how do you know? I said, I can always tell in their generosity. If they fight me over a dollar, if they're rude to me, if, if they treat me badly, or they think they're above me, I'm like, they don't know the Lord. But then I have these people that have everything, and they're so kind, and you would think, and I was like, they know the Lord. And in 20 years, I've never been wrong about whether they served the Lord or didn't. Because when we are generous, it goes through the generations. And so it's an awesome job. It's, it's amazing. I like doing it. But that's just something that God showed me. He said, because I was like, Lord, why do these people, they have everything, but they want to fight me over $10? $10. And God's like, because they, they have an agenda with their, with their generosity. They want people to see their wealth. They want people to see that they're up here. Because I said, well, then these people, our, our daughter got married this weekend, and I had a, a family, and I get there, and they said, hey, what's, what's their names? And we just wanted to get them some gifts. Never met them. I just started, they just were, they were a new client this year. And they're just like, we just want to bless them. They're just, you know, if you're this kind, then they got to be great people. And they sent them gifts. <laughs> never met them, never seen them, never laid eyes on them. And I thought, that's the generosity. That's what God says is generational. There's no agenda there. Because when we give with an agenda, whether it, if it's we want it to look good to others or out of guilt or try to have persuasion or control of, over others, sometimes people give. I always said, don't let somebody hold something over your head. You know, oh, I'll pay for this for you. Because then who controls you? 
I remember when I was young, I had a friend, and she's like, oh, my parents said that they would, like, let me have this house, and I could just make payments to them. And I thought, mm. I said, well, what about, you know, I said, you've kind of had a rocky relationship. What about when it gets rocky? Who has the control of where you live, how your marriage goes, how you want to raise your kids? And I said, kind of an agenda there. So they got the house in their name. It's been good. But I look at that and I thought, you know, when we have an agenda, sometimes the enemy, his agenda to keep us there is because he wants to control us. He wants to be God. And God doesn't control us, but that's how he perceives that that authority is because he wants control. So that's, so we have to say, God, I don't want an agenda. I just want to do what you've called me to do. And it is natural for me to be giving and kind and loving and generous because your spirit is in me, so it just is natural. We don't even think about, there is not even a thought of an agenda of why we do it. We do it because we love God and we love people and we know that God has a plan and a purpose for us in this season, this time, and this place. That's why we do it. We don't think about all those things that the enemy wants us to think about. We're just like, you know what? I love giving because, you know what? You're so good. He's so good. That's what we have to think of. If it doesn't feel good, it's probably not God because you know what? He is good. He is good. He is kind. He is loving. He is generous. He is peaceful. You know, anything that, any word that can describe something that makes, that is good, that is God. Bottom line. Because if we do it outside of there, it'll never bring joy. You know, if, if you're putting money into the offering and you are just like, oh, this is going to get me short and, or in your anger about it, if you're helping people because you're like, well, if I don't, they're going to say these bad things about me or something like that, it's best just to keep the money, stay to yourself because you know what? There's no blessing or joy on that, is there? It never brings joy. People, you know, people will know, people will feel it because it feels like the characteristics of the enemy when you're holding something over them, right? It's like, I don't even want that. Mm-mm. Instead of the characteristics of God. Our job is, okay, we've met Jesus. He's living in us. Guess what? He's living in us. He's perfect. And then we, as we get revelation, we continue to grow, and we begin to continually pick up the characteristics of God. We had the characteristics of a sinner, Jesus came in and he said, I'm going to continually refresh you, renew you, restore you. And don't worry about what you're looking like in the middle because I'm between you and God and he sees you only through my blood. That's good. I'm really glad at that because not all of my characteristics all the time look like God's characteristics. So I'm like, Jesus, get in front of me. Get the veil here. Get the blood. I need it. I need it. I need it daily. If I drive in the city... I'm like, blood of Jesus around this vehicle. <laughs> right? Let's just be honest. You know what? If you can't be honest, uh, you know what you do? If we act like we are up here and we're just so perfect, you know what it does? It sends people to hell because they're like, I can never get there. Neither can I. That's why Jesus is there. That's why we have Jesus. I can't do it. You can't do it. Nobody, you know what? Nobody on the entire planet that has ever walked in the earth could do it except Jesus. Nobody, not Moses, not Abraham, not David. All these people that you see in the Bible, you're like, woo, these are warriors for the kingdom. And so are you. And they still needed the blood. 
they still needed the blood of Jesus. I don't know where I'm going. What's happening here? All right. Yet when people who give generously of things, money, time, without that agenda, we feel joy, right? When you give something or take care of something, it just, it just feels good. And you know why? Because that's your true character, because it's character of God. You know, it feels, we feel loving when we give things or do things. We feel peaceful. It feels kind. It feels good. You know, those are all fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are all fruits of the Spirit. So if that's what it feels like, that's how you're acting, that's great because those are characteristics of the Holy Spirit, which is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? They share the same characteristics. They're all good. They're all kind. They're all peaceful. They're all generous, right? The whole Trinity. It's not like, well, God's good, but the Holy Spirit, he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) Doesn't work like that, does it, right? No, they all have that all the time. Don't be, don't be going and saying I said the Holy Spirit was a jerk. I'm saying he's not. I'm saying that's not how that happens. I'm waiting for some. <laughs> I get texts. This lady said that. I'm saying no, he's not. I mean, really, he's the calmest one out of the three, right? He didn't burn no cities down. He didn't flip no tables. He's just like, you know, this ain't going to work out for you. I love you so much. Maybe, maybe a no. I mean, if I was selling stuff in that temple, I'd be like, someone chasing me with whips? <laughs> be a little scared. So, no, they're all good. They're all generous. They're all kind. Let's just keep going. And the thing is, great things happen around generous people. You know, something happens. Blessing, favor, it falls around them. It's not that blessing and favor never fall on those who are not. God says it rains on the just and the unjust. And sometimes we're like, that's not fair. And then I'm like, well, I just put myself, by saying that, I just put myself in the unjust. See how easy it is for us? That's why we need that blood. We're like, please come with me because one thought I had put me there. Because that's all it takes. You know what? If God wanted to, he could say one thing. That's it. If you did one thing, you don't get heaven. You don't get to be with me. But he said, I don't want it to be like that. I want them. I love them. You know, I want mankind to be with me, so I'm going to make a way that no matter what, they can come to me. It's overwhelming a little bit, isn't it, when we think about that. Think about even the things we just do in one day. It's, it's not that it doesn't fall on those who are not generous. It's just sometimes we miss it or we make excuses and we say, it's in my own ability. And pride just slips on in there easily. I did that, I went and I worked hard and I made that and I did all of these things. And God's like, who gave you air to breathe? Let's see how much you can get done without lungs. How far are you going to get it without feet? Let's just take the brain out. <laughs> some, some feel like they don't have one, but they do. You guys. If you don't think I'm funny, take it up with God. He tells me I'm hilarious all the time. <laughs> Let's keep going. So I'm going to talk about the parable of talents. Have you guys heard that parable from God's word? So it's in Matthew 25 if you like to 
um, see it. So as I'm reading, it says, For it is just like a man who is about to take a journey, and he called for his servants together and entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And then he went out on his journey. Now there you think of something. He already knew how generous and how faithful his servants were, didn't he? Because he said, to their own ability. He didn't give the five talents to the one that had the ability for one, did he? A lot of times we miss that part. He didn't say they were all the same. He said, to their ability. And then he went on his journey. The one who had received the five talents went at once and traded them, and he made a profit and gained five more. Likewise, the one that had two, he made a profit and gained two more. But the one who had received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. I have, see, I have made a profit and gained you five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. He got joy. Also, the one who had two talents came forward and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents? See, I have made a profit and gained you two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You have been trustworthy over little. I will put you in charge of many things, and you will share in the joy of your master. That's good. I want someone to say that to me, right? That's good. All right, it's okay. Just prepare. I said... Then the one who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. Does anyone here? I mean, you feel that spirit of pride in there, right? So I was afraid to lose the talent, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered, You are a wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap the harvest where I did not sow and gather I did not scatter seed. Yet you ought to have put my money with the banker, and at my return I would have received my money back with interest. So, take, so he took the talent away from him and gave it to the one who had ten talents. For everyone who has and values his blessings and gifts from God and has used them wisely... More will be given. Do you want more? Who wants more in their life? Who like I don't say who wants lack? Oh me! You know, no, we want more, right? He's but he's saying right here. He said, "You want more? You know what? You give. Blessing's gonna come on you, and he will be richly supplied, so that he will have an abundance." But for those, the one who does not have, because he ignored and disregarded, disregarded his blessings and gifts from God. Even, when, even what he does have will be taken away and thrown out the worthless servant into the darkness. In the place of grief and torment, there will be weeping over sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth over distress and anger. I don't want to go there. I want to keep those characteristics of God right here on my heart. I want them to be the overflow, to be bubbling out. I don't want to have to reach so deep. And, you know, when I was learning submission, it was painful <laughs> Amen to that. When I was young, I didn't get to spend my whole life with Jesus. 
You know, I was 15 already when I met him. So I had some things that I had piled on from generations and years. And I remember when God was teaching me submission. I am a very bold, and I, I walk with authority. But I also did not know how to submit in anything. And God's like, you know what? You and your husband, I want you to have a partnership. He's like, but you have to learn to submit because you have a problem there. And I was like, you don't say that to me, God. I have no problems. And God's like, oh, gosh, where's my timeout chair for this one? <laughs> and I had to learn to submit. And when God was doing it, it was painful. I was like, I will submit to that. And it was stupid stuff, but God just wanted me to submit, and I just didn't want to. So I'd have to say, like, I submit wherever you say we're going to eat. We will eat. I mean, it was like this, and Matt's like, oh, gosh, like, God is really working. And I'm like, I have to control myself, but I want to be like, you don't tell me what to do. I can do it on my own. I seem like a hard person, but God gave me the softest person. And I cry all the time over everything. My feelings get hurt so easily. <laughs> so God gave him his feelings. You can't even hurt it. Sometimes I wonder if he has them, but then I see him and they're good. But he does. God knew what he was doing. He's like, okay, her, she's like right here. She loves people. She wants everyone, all these good things. And when they hurt her, so God's like, I got to have somebody. We got to like, because you know, God's so good. He's like, I know what you need. He has what you're weak in. You have what he's weak in. And now you are powerful. You are strong together. And that's what God does. Isn't he good? What were you talking about? Yeah. And that was really hard for me to submit, and God's like, when I, when I was pregnant, um, I couldn't work. I've been a hard worker. I pay for everything myself my whole life. Like, I don't care. I'm like, you don't need sleep. Like, when I met him, he rested, and I was like, you don't need to sleep. You need to work, like, 80 hours a week. You need to do everything. Everything needs to be done all the time. I mean, I still, like, get up. You know, well, I rest. I was like taking, I took like eight naps in a row. Like, I guess I wake up for 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> it was hilarious. I dropped my phone on my face. That's how, that's how I know I'm sleeping when the phone hits me in the face. But it was just, I just thought, I'm doing all of this. And I learned, like, why am I doing this? And I, I learned to submit and say, you know, I have to trust that God put him here and he takes care of me. And he does. He provides for our family. I don't have to make all that money. I don't have to do all these things. You know, God put a husband who's like, you know what? I want you to be home with our children. Here we go. And I had to learn to submit to that because like, I want it. I can do this. And God's like, not your place. And I was really sick with my daughter when I was pregnant, so I couldn't do anything. I could barely get myself out of bed. I couldn't dress myself. I could barely take a shower. I was not allowed to go to Walmart because anger issues came out. I mean, it's hard to go to Walmart when you're feeling good. <laughs> I actually, that is a true story. Like, he would not, I was banned. I, he wouldn't, that's where I had to submit. He's like, you are not allowed to go into Walmart until you give birth. And I did not go into, <laughs> I'm not joking. This isn't, like, I know you guys think I'm, like, it is funny, but it was real. He did stop me from helping people check out early. The Lord says keep going. Okay. So, 
when we are generous, it connects us with others, right? See, I'm generously telling you all my failures, and it makes us, don't we feel like we're friends now? And you're like, at least I'm not like her. You know, I'm so <laughs> No, no, when we're generous, it connects us with others because it's, a, it's an attractive trait it show, to show kindness to others. I like being around people who are nice to me. You know, I like spending time with people who are kind and loving and funny. I don't like people who are mean and tear me apart and hateful. I don't want to be like, can't wait to go see them today. No, no, no. But man, I love people who, who are kind. And that's, that's why generosity is an attractive trait. It shows others that love and appreciation. Have you guys ever like went to a restaurant or like went somewhere and then you get there and someone picks up your tab? Doesn't that feel good? I think it feels so good when someone does that and, and you're just thankful and you're just like, you never like, can't believe they paid my bill. Kind of people jerks think they are paying my tab for me. No, it's just like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Like you're the best person. That was so kind of you. And you think highly of them, right? I think highly of my neighbors because I just come home and there's a bag of hamburger hanging on my door. I'm like, I appreciate that. Y'all seen the price of hamburger. So when there's hamburger, and, and I've had people that have, there's multiple people in here that have provided burger for my family. I mean, like, that's a blessing. I'm not a farmer. You guys are farmers. We got, we got you guys, the Dickinson and Elbuses, these people, between these people, they always have, I'm just like, I'm thankful for that. Like, I think highly of them. I think, man, these people are so giving. This is their livelihood and they gave that. Like, that's generous, isn't it? You know, I don't know if someone, if my boss is like, you know, I want you to be generous. I'm going to take half your check. But that not that for them because they're farmers? Generous with what they have? It makes you feel good. Now we're all going to run out here and be like, I'm going to get to a restaurant so I can pay for somebody, right? You ever just do that? Oh, it just feels so good. If we have an agenda or if we're stingy like that man with the one talent, it creates fear. It creates disconnection with people. It limits our influence. You ever been around someone who, who is just, you know, pour the can of pop, pour the pop back into the jar? The, you know, you think, well, I don't really feel like I can be free here. I don't feel like they really want to, me to be here or want to host me. And then it limits our influence of who we get to connect with, who we're going to be able to share Jesus with. Generosity is a tool and a blessing. How good is that? That's really good. I really like that. That was not in my notes, but God just is good. So, so if we're generous, it releases blessing. It releases joy. I'm going to read in Acts 20, 35. It says, In everything I showed you by example that by working hard in this way, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he himself said, it is more blessed and brings greater joy to give than receive. How many of you guys have experienced that? When you give something, you've gotten more joy, more peace, and it just feels good? Like, it's nice to receive, but it just feels a hundred times better to, to give and to be in a place that you can. There are seasons where it's our season to receive, and there's seasons where it's our season to give. 
That's why grandparents are like the most amazing thing. They're like, we already went through our kids taking our time, our peace, our sleep, you know, and they just want to give. That's why they're like, you know, you spoil your grandkids because you can. When your kids were little, it's like you had to work hard. Every dollar went to fixing the house. As soon as one thing, you know, got fixed, something else broke, right? When you still have kids in the house, it's overwhelming. But when you have grandkids in the house, like, they can, they can destroy anything. And you're like, you're just the cutest. doesn't matter. It's just money. I know, like, right? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's how it feels. It gives joy. Better, better to give than receive. And in Proverbs 11, it says, The generous man is a source of blessing. Generous man is a source of blessing and shall be prosperous and enriched, and he who waters will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. You know, that's a concept that God put in there. He said, you are going to reap anything you sow. So we have to think, if we reap bitterness, we can't be mad at God when we, when, when, when we sow bitterness. We can't be mad at God when we reap bitterness, right? When we sow generosity, we can be overjoyed that we, um, we reaped generosity. So we have to think about what we're putting in because God said, you know, I already, I'm not going to break my own laws. I put them in and said, what you sow, you will reap. If you don't like what you're getting, plant something else. I don't like soybean. I ain't never planting it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We like tomatoes. We like carrots. Guess what I plant in my garden? I don't like super hot peppers. I don't plant them. This guy does. You, you have to plant the seeds of what you want. Don't plant a bunch of junk and then be mad that you got junk. Plant what you want. God blesses us because he is good, not because we give a certain amount or we serve a certain amount or we do these things, you know, he doesn't say, well, you know, you came to church every week this year, so, you know, blessing's coming on you. No, he does, he gives us blessing just because he's good. Just because he's good. He sent his son just because he's good. Not because we did anything. Just because God is good. Not because we have done anything. There is nothing we can do to say, well, this is why God does this. No, God does it because he is good. We want to carry his characteristics because they are good. <laughs> There we go. We got it. They are good. You know, they, are, they, always, they always show freedom. If something is keeping you in bondage, then you can immediately say, not a characteristic of God. Because he's all about freedom, isn't he? It is for that we've been set free. It is for freedom We've been set free. Christ is like, I want you to have freedom. That's why I'm going to set you free. Pretty easy concept. The they basically it releases peace over our lives and others. So when you get an opportunity to be generous, you know, of your time, of your finances, of whatever it is, giving, when you have, when you have the opportunity, it doesn't just release peace for you, but it releases peace to others, and it continues to go. It continues to grow because, you know, you ever seen those things where people pay, pay it forward and then it's like 20 people back, the next person's paying for the next person's coffee. That's how it is in the kingdom. When you release, because it's not a thing, you know, it is a spiritual thing that you're releasing. When you release generosity, you're releasing the spirit of God to whatever area, whatever, you know, region you're in, to whatever influence 
whatever circle of influence you have, you're releasing the Spirit of God over people because you have the Spirit of God living in you because you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's good. We're finishing there. 